0: That's at night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
1: This is John Katsimatidis, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And this is a TriCast, WABC, Radio 770, WLIR in Long Island, and AM 970, The Answer. And we have a terrific show for you for uh, a Friday afternoon. And I forgot the words. T-G-I-F. Thank God it's Friday. In the studio, we have uh, two common-sense Democrats. We have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, Governor David Patterson, and at least a common-sense Republican. Well, at least we got one on a Friday, and we have uh, borough president, Vito Fisella. And uh, Lydia, who do we have on the line today?
2: On the line right now, we have Gordon G. Chang. He is an author, a Far East scholar, senior scholar at the Gatestone Institute. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Gordon Chang. You can follow him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang.
1: Gordon, what the heck is going on? Tell us. I mean, there's so many things going on. I don't even know when to start.
3: Yeah, and that's really the problem with China these days, John, because it is producing much too much news. One of the good things that we have heard is that yesterday, um, the Biden administration announced the institution of trade talks with Taiwan. Those talks probably should start maybe next month, maybe the month after. Um, Beijing has thrown a fit, as usual. But Taiwan, like the United States and like China, is a member of the World Trade Organization. And therefore, we have every right to talk about trade agreements
4: with Taipei. Gordon, this is David Patterson. Why do you think China is waiting so long? We all know they want to take over Taiwan.
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Governor. And I think there are a number of reasons. First of all, China right now is in an intense political season. It's the run-up to the Communist Party's 20th National Congress, which, if tradition holds, will be held sometime in October or November. Mm -hmm. Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, wants his um, unprecedented third term as general secretary. Right now, um, I don't think he can get any consensus for invading anybody, especially Taiwan, but also because the Chinese military is not especially ready. But although you know many people think that China won't invade, we've got to remember that Xi Jinping runs an opaque political system, and he can take us by surprise.
4: Historically, How many times has China attacked anybody? They were never really known throughout history as a violent country. In fact, Japan would attack China and beat them all the time throughout the centuries.
3: Well, the Chinese invaded Vietnam in 1979. And since then, they have taken over Scarborough Shoal in the Philippines, which was as late as 2012. They've killed a number of Vietnamese um, fishermen and sailors. And that has occurred uh, constantly throughout the decades. But we've got to remember that China started as a very small territory in the central part of what we now call China, and it grew and grew and grew. And it didn't grow without blood. So it was um, really quite violent. Gordon, of course, right now um, we have China's troops in deep into Indian-controlled territory. Again, another killing of Indian troops.
2: Uh, Gordon Chang, I wanted to talk to you, this is Lydia Serrani, about what's going on in Oklahoma and other parts of our country where it appears that there are Chinese gangs and they're buying up uh, farmlands and medical marijuana licenses. And this could all be a front for something else. Can you talk to us about that?
3: Yes, there are increasing reports that these uh, medical um, marijuana farms, some of which have licenses, others of which are illegal have been used as fronts for a number of criminal activities, including human trafficking, including child sex trafficking. Residents in Oklahoma have noticed something very strange, Lydia, and that is the fences on some of these properties bought by parties from China, they don't... They weren't built, these fences, to keep people out. They were built to keep people in. That's extremely strange for that part of the country. Um, we just don't know what's going on in a lot of these properties.
2: And how is this possible? I mean, that why we are not even allowed, Americans aren't even allowed to go and speak in China, and we're allowing the Chinese to buy up massive parcels of land?
3: Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, no American, matter of fact, no foreigner, can buy any land in China. Um, the most you can do is lease it for about 70 years. Um, and we've allowed Chinese parties to come into our country. You know, number of things they've been doing, you know, some of them obviously criminal. Others are just nearly suspicious. And I'll take the most benign example. So, for instance, in Oklahoma, um, parties ch- from China have been buying land. They have been taking it out of the food cycle. They've, not, they've been allowing it to go fallow. That's really, really strange. And in a period of increasing food shortages around the world,
4: This is not a good development. So, so Gordon, uh, it would appear to me that the whole issue with China now is a whole lot different than it was historically. So I stand corrected by what you said before, because I guess for the last 30 or 40 years, the Chinese have awakened and thought about perhaps uh, a a kind of uh, hegemony where they wind up controlling the whole world by 2050. What do you think about all the money that China is putting into United States colleges and universities so that it makes it very difficult for anyone that speaks against them to even get a chance to be in front of the microphone?
3: Yeah, that's a very critical development because academic freedom is the core of American values. And on many college campuses, especially the larger uh, institutions, the more well-known ones, Um, Chinese students uh, aided by college administrators have shut down free speech. You can't criticize China. You can't talk about Tibet. You can't talk about Tiananmen. And, remember, it's not just college campuses. Um, China has spent even more money in putting what are called Confucius classrooms into our secondary schools. There are about 500 or so of those, and that's getting children at a very young age. Gordon,
4: was that Confucius or Confusion? Mm-hmm.
5: Gordon, it's Richard. It's
3: Richard Confusion on our part, Confucius on there,
4: what they call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good, Gordon.
5: What I'm troubled about, and I'm not confused about at all, is the use of uh, economic deals with the highest levels of our government officials and their families to influence conduct. And it seems to me yes. a lot of the conduct coming out of uh, the Biden family has influenced our foreign policy and national security interests. Now you find out Pelosi's son is running around in the Far East doing these deals. What do you say about that?
3: Yeah, um, Hunter Biden, of course, is the matter that has gotten the most attention. Um, and when you look at the activities and policies of his father, we don't know what's going through President Biden's mind. But, if he uh, was consider you know considering the uh, his son's interests, he would the President Biden would be doing the same things he's doing now. So we've got to be extremely concerned. Paul Pelosi Jr. should not have been on that trip, especially because it appears that he was in a position to favor his business interests. and this is a problem not just with Democrats, this is a problem with Republicans as well. Um, and so this goes across the political system. We need to have some rules about who can go on these trips because, um, you know, it was infamous that Hunter Biden went on air force Two with vice president Biden. Um, but this is a problem that's continuing to the present day.
1: Well, that's a weird wow. And, uh, and I hope the American people are it's sinking in to what the heck is going on here. we, it's the art of what was it songju i mean we're we're at war with the Chinese, but not you know not with bullets and not with nuclear weapons we're at war uh economically and psychologically and uh, they're 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 fighting us uh, any opinion uh
2: and they're trying to poison our young people.
1: We're seeing the fentanyl. Well, the porn. fentanyl, they're killing the young people. Right. 140,000. We have the DEA, uh, retired DEA uh, special, uh, agent. special agent later on. And let them tell us. I think it was 100,000 or 140,000 that were killed already. Well, Gordon Chang. Yes, um, yes go ahead. Anything else? we got to take a break, I think.
3: Yeah, on, on fentanyl. Remember, um, this is uh, these gangs, fentanyl gangs, are supported by the Communist Party. Communist Party protects them. They launder their money through China's state banking system. So this is not just some criminal activity. This is state activity, and it's resulting in the deaths of you know some hundred thousand Americans a year, and that number is growing uh, because of fentanyl being mixed with methamphetamines and cocaine.
1: Well, Gordon Chang. Uh Keep up to date with Gordon Chang by going to his Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Thank you so much, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. But thank you for getting the truth out to the American people.
3: Well, thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
6: Breaking news, WABC.
2: And that breaking news coming out right here in New York City. If you remember that guy, that sucker punch, the stranger there in the Fordham section of the Bronx, and he was simply let go because they downgraded his charge from attempted murder to a simple misdemeanor. Well, he is now back in custody thanks to Governor Hochul. She said in an unrelated press conference on Long Island that her office called up the Bronx DA and demanded he be, be- Be put back in custody. Looks like he was on lifetime parole. So they got him in Rikers, finally, on a parole violation. Judge Weinberg, is that good enough for you?
5: Well, I never would have taken it down from an attempted murder, especially when this guy is in such critical condition, down to a misdemeanor. That's, That's number one. And number two, this is a real failure administratively and through the bureaucracy. If this fellow was on lifetime parole, that should have been before the court... The DA should have been moving on that. The parole people should have been moving on the Department of Parole, and they should have had a parole detainer on him. There's no reason, even if they took the the bail out on the uh, issue of the the crimes reform, there should have been a parole hold on him. This is a failure.
2: A uh, veto facella.
6: Well, let's let's set the stage right. Here's a young guy, young guy to us, right. He's standing on the sidewalk outside a restaurant, facing the street. Some. Thug comes up behind him, puts a glove on, and literally knocks him out from behind. He's in a medically induced coma. He's got a fractured skull. He's in and out of jail. And it's emblematic of what's happened in this city, these random acts of hatred and violence that are hurting innocent people. And I, I'm i agnostic on the reason he's in Rikers right now, violating the parole. I echo what the judge just said. He should be in jail for attempted murder. We have it on video. There was no, alter seems like there was nothing that happened prior to that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Come on, what do we do? If this is a misdemeanor in today's world, we are having a deep, deep problem. Something needs to change whether it's the discretion. Well, I am the,
1: glad the governor had the testicles to, to, to do yeah, something about it. Well,
2: and this guy is a convicted sex offender. He raped somebody. So this isn't like some good guy or a kid. This is a guy with a long rap sheet. But let me ask you this, uh, Governor Patterson, you know Governor Hochul all too well. Why, why now? She was saying that this is up to the legislature. She said she made changes to the bail law and that everything is working just fine. Why did she decide to intercede in this incident and not on the, say, Jose Alba one. You know, Jose Alba, the bodega worker right. that was defending himself. He was in Rikers for three days with a bleeding wound after he was stabbed. That woman is still has not been charged. So why now? Why did Hochul get this guy back in prison?
4: I think this is an example of a governor who is reassessing the mammoth problem we're having in the criminal justice system in that... For her office to contact the DA, that is a major thing, because you could contact the DA or you could get rid of the DA. Uh, In this case, she chose—it's one case, but she chose to do that. And I think that the Kathy Hochul that I knew when she was a congresswoman, uh, when she was a city clerk of Buffalo, and even as lieutenant governor, would know better. And what I think is happening is she's realizing— she will do a whole lot better in this election if she is herself.
1: Well, when I, uh, we had breakfast uh, with her, was it last weekend? Last week. Last we weekend. had breakfast with her last weekend, and, uh, and I, I said to her that it's going to come down to who's going to keep people safe. Maybe, maybe it's sinking in. Maybe well, it's you, John. It's,
2: but what if there was no video?
6: What if there was no? So the, we we chatted off air, uh, offline before about the two instances: the bodega owner and this case. There are videos that depict the, the violence and, in the case, in this case, attempted murder. In our opinion, and if there was no video, this guy'd be out in the street doing it again. Unbelievable. The, on, the only reason he's there is because of that video. And the and one. it's the random acts that uh, just frighten anybody.
1: This September and this October, there's going to be hell to pay because we will remind everybody. The person you vote for in November, the person you vote for in November is the person that you feel is going to keep you safe, and that's it.
2: Well, this goes to show that the governor has a lot more power than she has previously told us, and she can well, do governor it. Well, Governor Passion
1: has been telling you that all along.
2: You haven't listened. I'm listening, <laughs> but she's the one saying, oh, well, the changes are there. <laughs> Didn't she say to you, say, judge, not to you, but she said that the judges need more explaining.
5: And, I, and what did I say to um, that? Before
1: we <laughs> take a break, guys, I just got to do this. Uh, and uh, Congressman Peter King, King's Highway, uh, rem- is reminding me that our good friend, our good friend, my very good friend, former U.S. Attorney Andrew Maloney, has passed away. He's the one that put uh, Gotti, John Gotti, away. Wow! And we used to get we used to get together at the Yale <laughs> Club when they allowed cigar smoking back in the eighties, thirty years ago, 20 years ago, I forget. Uh, and uh, Jerry Finkelstein, who was a mentor to me, and uh, uh, Bernie Nussbaum, who's uh, counsel to Bill Clinton, and uh, now uh, Andy Maloney.
4: Wow. Jerry Finkelstein the New York Law Journal, right, John? He owned
1: the New York Law Journal, yeah. and his uh, son was uh, Jimmy Finkelstein, uh, who ran the, uh, the, Hill. the Hill. And his son, Andy Stein, uh, was the one who almost became mayor. How did his son have a different name than his? Well, he thought he needed a, a one-syllable name to run for mayor. Okay. And he did, Andy did that before he ran for the state assembly. That was but his first race. Andrew Maloney, we love you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you were always there for us. And we're, we're always going to be there for your family. And uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to come back with Paul Luntz to find out how the heck the economy is. He, Larry Cudlow's not with us today. Why? He took the day off. It's his birthday tomorrow. Happy, Happy- birthday, Larry Kudlow. Let's take that break.
0: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back to the John Matidi's Cats Katz at Night show. Now on the line for us, we have Paul Loonsis on the line for us. What the heck is going on with the markets?
0: Well, it certainly didn't do well today. Uh, the market was down a bunch today, and um, people are just really uncertain about what's going on. The Dow was down 292 <laughs> points, the Nasdaq 260, and the S&P 55. So... People are just unsure what's happening. And I think a lot of that begins with some of the comments uh, that the Fed has made. Uh, Back in June of 20, June 29th, Jerome Powell basically stated at a conference, we understand better how little we understand inflation. Um, And then just recently, Bullard, James Bullard, the head of St. Louis Fed, and Esther George gave comments to the um, Wall Street Journal um, and they're different comments. Bullard believes we should raise rates 75 basis points in September. He doesn't understand why um, we want to drag out interest rate increases into next year. And now after George. Isn't it
1: because he, they don't understand about bring, how to bring inflation down? If you bring inflation down, you don't have to raise interest rates. Don't they understand that?
0: I agree with that, John. And a lot of it, as you've discussed, is is the oil issue and the attack on oil. That's certainly one of the issues. But, you know, with Powell, the head of the Fed and in defense of them, John, they're in a really tough spot now because inflation has gotten way ahead of them. And so to get that eight and a half percent down, everyone was excited because it went from nine point one to eight point five June and July. Well, I don't think eight point five is much to be excited about when you want to get it down to two percent. And their their challenge is they're trying to slow demand to bring inflation down. But in the process of doing so, they could tip the economy into a recession. If you look at what's happened to housing, the mortgage industry, et cetera, et cetera, and many others. Um, I think the Empire Manufacturing Index came out. It was terribly low. So they face a lot of challenges, and it doesn't seem like they really understand what they need to do.
2: Paul uh, Luncis, just kind of pivoting uh, the Con Ed energy bills. Everybody's getting shocked. I know in Europe it's getting worse, but I want to start off first here in the United States, specifically even New York. I, I got my energy bill and I was like, what the heck is going on? Double. I know our producer, his was also doubled. Can you explain to us what's going on as well as in Italy? I was seeing that it, they, it's almost catastrophic how far the bills are going up there.
0: Well, natural gas prices. We focused a lot on the show on oil, um, which is obviously more global, et cetera. Natural gas is over time catching up, and natural gas um, they've had a price spike, so it's a 14-year high. Natural gas prices for a long time were under two dollars, a little over two dollars. I think this week they closed at nine thirty-three, so they've gone from a dollar fifty, two dollars, two and a quarter to over nine dollars, and that is an enormous portion of the electricity. That's utilized in America, so it's up a staggering 525 percent since it closed at a dollar 48 in June of 20. So people really haven't seen the impact until the winter. Really, it's impacting them with air conditioning, but when the winter comes and heating, it's going to be devastating again, particularly for the middle and lower classes.
1: Well, we had uh, uh, we talked to Mario Economo before. That's going to give us an update uh, for on Sunday for the. Uh, Uh, What's going on in Europe? And no matter how bad we think the United States is, Europe is worse.
0: Well, basically, John, in Europe, natural gas prices, I just told you they were over $9 here. They're up seven, eight, nine times from that in Europe. They're in the seventies and eighties, and they
1: can't run their nuclear plants because their nuclear plants need water to run. Besides uranium, they need water to run. So their nuclear plants are only running at seventy percent. They're in That's... deep crap if they're depending on Putin to help them.
0: No, they're in a lot of they're in a lot of trouble. The nuclear plants need the water for the cooling towers and so forth, and there's a lot of challenges, John. Europe, as bad as it is here. Both the economy, the energy issues ex- inflation it 's worse in europe it's worse, and so it 's very, very scary when you look out into the winter what's going let's, uh, let's, let's,
1: let's let's play a, a clip from uh, Mario Mariomo that's from Sunday Show to Catch Round Table to come
0: Mario, tell us what 's going on in Europe The news in Europe is inflation, 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 inflation. All across the European Union, all across the Eurozone, countries are bringing in record numbers with respect to inflation, and it looks like there is no end in sight. In fact, it looks like uh, this will continue, we're being told in Europe by various banks, by various investment houses, that this will continue well into 2024, meaning almost two years from now. Uh, we will still be experiencing this. This is largely due to the energy situation in Europe and the fact that the sanctions on Russia have not really worked. In fact, they've worked in Russia's favor and against the European Union's and the Eurozone's uh, interests.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I guess uh, Russia is making a ton of money on oil. Let's Uh, cut it there. Uh, And bottom line, Russia is making a ton of money on oil and gas, on everything. And and the Germans, they're getting poorer. The French, they're getting poorer. What say you, uh, uh, Michael? Paul.
0: I, I think. I no, I think John. I think John. It's going to continue. I mean, I don't see Russia's controlling the ball here. They have very. They're scrambling like mad in Germany, trying to you know get their coal plants going, get nuclear going, mm-hmm. and it, they're trying to get all this done in a very short period of time. And so Russia really controls the ball. They're in a lot of trouble. This, in uh, Germany, you know, this green new deal
5: has really helped us out, Paul.
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, you need balance, Judge. You need balance. You want to convert to green? You want to convert to electric vehicles? Fine. But we need everything we have out there. We need. Coal, if, if President
1: Biden, if President Biden thinks that this country is going to run on on solar cells. And on uh, wind, wind. well, that's a lot of wind, if you know what I mean.
0: Well, experts, John, have basically stated even in 2050, 28, 30 years from now, those two solar, wind, renewables, et cetera, they're still only going to account for at most 30%, 35%. The technology's not there. There's not the storage capability We got 40
1: seconds
6: before uh, Lou Dobbs comes on. Vito, you want to say something? Yeah, just it's it's a bigger issue than like one inflation at a number or interest rate. It's a mindset, right? So the issues we're having in crime in New York is, is a mindset of this is okay, And on the economic side, it's a mindset that gas prices that are 100% higher than they were two years ago are acceptable. And until that mindset has changed, we're it's not going to change the, the, the economic the, the policies. The Germans,
1: I think, finally realized they're full of crap. Right. Uh, Paul Loon thank you so much. And uh, let's go to weekend. Lou Dobbs. Dar- thank you. We'll see you this weekend. Uh, let's go to uh, Lou Dobbs and see what he has to say.
0: This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Breaking news, WABC.
2: And that breaking news, several reports are saying that Attorney General Merrick Garland is looking to make the entire United States a sanctuary country. He basically wants to make ICE
1: inoperable.
5: That's right. You I mean,
1: mean you, you you could let terrorists in? You right. could let
5: in drug dealers. You can't and here, and them And out. you can't and you can't deport you can't them, them under them this out. proposed policy. By the way, he has a statutory obligation to enforce the immigration laws, and he's stopping it. And he's going to prevent ICE from doing their job. This now, is a terrible thing. That's crossing the line. You think? Well, I think. Uh, I, I mean, it has been
1: verified. There are
2: several reports saying that he's looking to make this type of policy change, but there has been a lot of talk. You heard about what they're doing to the ICE unions. Remember, they're abolishing the union for the ICE Remember we talked about that, that, that shows recently. Shows the free
5: speech rights right. of the ICE agents,
2: right? So, or they're going to get rid of them when they get right. rid of the union. What do you think is next? They're going to try to break up I the organization. We have a, spe- a guest on, maybe he'll have a comment on that. The retired DEA special agent in charge, Derek Maltz, he knows a little bit about what's going on at the border and the migrant crisis. Over two million have already entered the country since Biden has been in the White House. Uh, what do you think about this, uh, Special Agent Maltz, the fact that Merrick Garland is looking to disband ICE and make the entire country a sanctuary city? In sanctuary
7: S- country, just about. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, obviously, it's a nightmare right now what's going on at the border. We could talk all night about it. And just look what's happening in New York City. I mean, mayor the mayor is actually complaining about getting a couple of busloads in his sanctuary city. Meanwhile, there's thousands and thousands every day and all these gotaways and potential terrorists and rapists and you know very violent criminals coming into our country going throughout the entire country, not just New York or Washington, D.C. So it's very irresponsible, and it's absolutely a disgrace that the Homeland Security Secretary continues to lie and tell Americans that he has operational control of the border. Just watch the videos that they're showing. But then the really scary thing, honestly, is that if you think about the hundreds of thousands of Godaways that are getting into America, and we don't even know who they are, where they are, what they're doing here, what their motive is, that's the American public's worst nightmare, to have the Godaways in this country. We have Chinese, Russians, Middle Easterners, people who hate America, Iranians, you know, coming from Hezbollah and the Quds forces that are running around our country potentially. That's what America should be concerned about.
2: And uh, Special Agent Maltz, I mean, we're seeing that there are cartels that are getting richer by the day. The Sonola cartel, the El Jalisco cartel. Why is a Biden administration allowing this? It just doesn't make any sense. And in the words of Barack Obama when he was president, he said, we can't have an open border. It's simply not sustainable.
7: Right. I mean, what's happening at the border is impacting the entire country. The violent crime is through the roof. A lot of this stuff is all related to drug trafficking and gangs and guns. But the reality is is that look at what's happening now. The Mexican cartels have initiated a strategic deceptive marketing plan to sell rainbow-colored fentanyl. They look like Skittles, some of these things. They look like candy. Like Meanwhile, we have yeah. record amounts of kids like already that. dying. They go on social media. They have the ability to get the drug trafficker to come right to their house, and the parents don't even know. Because the social media companies are actually enhancing the ability of the cartels to move their deadly products in America. We have record-level seizures. Look what's happening this week in the border. We had a million pills seized at the border, one million in Arizona. We had a million p- pills, fake pills seized last month in, in L.A., Los Angeles, DEA. We have record amounts. We had 114 pounds of this poisonous substance seized in Colorado in June. We've never seen this amount of seizures. So you can only imagine this month alone, Border Patrol, they made CBP actually seized 200 percent more fentanyl at the southern border than they did last month. Can you imagine what's getting into the country?
5: Because you only West, you only stop a
4: fraction day. of what's coming in.
7: Right. Right. Exactly. So, and special I agent. Have, uh, I'm
4: sorry, I, go ahead. Uh, it's David Patterson. I just want to answer this question. I would, I would not want to assume that people who are making these decisions don't care about the country and don't care about the tremendous amount of fentanyl that's coming in with all of this. And uh, I'm just wondering, do you have an opinion about why they're doing it?
7: Well, look, it seems very clear that they're letting all these people in so they can capture the vote for the future. So the Republicans can never win again. But in regards to the fentanyl, it is kind of mind boggling because As screwed up as the current administration is, I would never imagine any American would want to destroy our future generation because that's not fair to our kids and our grandkids and our nephews, our nieces, because the kids need the opportunities that we've all had. So this administration, it's just kind of hard to imagine that they don't understand what's happening. There's 300 dead Americans every day, but we're starting to see kids as young as 12. There's actually a lot of young kids that are one, one and a half, two years old, that are getting exposed to the fentanyl in the houses and accidentally ingesting it and dying. So we have something, honestly, that we've never seen before. This isn't an an embellishment of what's happening. It's really hard to imagine that the current administration would be that negligent and not pay attention to the death and destruction of our future generation. Well, it's really, really sad.
6: <clears throat> well, in this Vito Facella, and uh, thanks for your, your words of uh, just highlighting the problem. And we always are looking for solutions. But once again, this is the mindset, right? There's no accountability. There's no consequences. Crime on the street. Uh, we have an administration that comes out and said the inflation is zero, and the border right. is there's no problem at the border. What would be the top two or three things we should do as a country to, to stop this hemorrhaging and stop this overflow? And as far as I'm concerned, anybody bringing fentanyl in is an assassin, uh, and they should be tried it, uh, as such.
2: Do you remember in California and in New York, by the way, DA Special uh, Agent Derek Maltz, how they just let them go? And they, those guys are now in the wind. Do you remember that? They right. caught them with a, uh, a million and right. a half worth of right. fentanyl.
7: But but it's not just California. In New York City, I know the yep. special narcotics prosecutor very well, and she's tremendous, Bridget Brennan. They made a really good seizure of methamphetamine from cartel operatives, 165 pounds. And because of the antiquated laws in New York City, they had to release them. But let me go back to the other question. First of all, the American public has to be educated immediately about this is not a drug crisis. This is a mass poisoning crisis. We need public service announcements. We need... Influences, role models celebrities the kids are not listening to wabc radio they're not watching mainstream media cable news they're on social media so we have to get the lebron jameses the tom brady's of the world these celebrities michael jordan to start pumping out messaging that's number one because you have to stop the kids from ordering this stuff you will also have to have high level meetings immediately in mexico with the State Department, Department of Justice, all the law enforcement agencies, the intel community. And you have to demand action by the Mexican government. And if they don't take action, we have to tell them we are forced to save our kids and we're going to take action with our state-of-the-art technology that we have and we're going to destroy the cartels' chemical production labs immediately. That is long overdue. We should have declared the the cartels as terrorists. President Trump wanted to do it, but he was convinced not to do it because of the bureaucrats in Washington. They are terrorists. They're operating like terrorists. They have drones. They're flying drones over our country. 9,000 drones. When I was down at the border, they told me in Texas they had 9,000 drones identified in the country doing surveillance on our men and women on the border patrol. They drop C4 explosives from their, from their drones. They do it with their adversaries. We have a very serious national security situation on the border, but right now we can't even get the White House to talk about fentanyl. So that's the problem. So well, thank you really so really
2: much. Perfect. Thank you so much. Special Asian in charge, Derek Maltz. We have our other guests on the line. Thank you so much. Meantime, the Biden thank administration you. is too busy calling parents on school boards terrorists and uh, little ladies with their rosary beads with their extremist symbols. Derek, that- keep speaking out. Thank you, Don't Derek stop Maltz. speaking thank out. Thank you, sir. Now on the line for us, we have Doug Schoen. He's a political analyst, author, lobbyist, commentator, strategist. Doug Schoen, uh, I just saw your latest uh, article. Don't count out crime as a 2022 midterm issue. Uh, Talk to us. uh, How important is crime as far as it goes when we're talking about, uh, you know, who's going to be the next whatever in in office?
8: No, I think for the first time in a very long time, the issue of crime and law enforcement and criminal justice is one of the top two or three issues, not only. In big cities, but I think uh, across the country and, uh, you know, the Democrats have been vulnerable with defund the police and cashless bail. The question is, can they, uh, as we say in politics, get well on the issue, reposition themselves and can the Republicans exploit the obvious mistake, both substantively and politically, the Democrats have made?
6: Doug, this is Vito Fasella. I'm curious. You do a lot of polling. You've been doing it for years and very successfully. Um, How big of an issue is? I mean, people people say it's 23 percent of the electorate says it's the number one issue. Can you just put that in perspective and and then maybe a little color as to where where it's most um, impactful?
8: Good, good, good question, uh, Vito. Uh, First of all, the top issue today, let's be clear, is the economy inflation um cost of living that's undeniable that's 35 40 percent but beneath that is an issue like crime second or third and it is most prominent in big cities like new york i think all of us know that uh, uh crime has reemerged as it was in the 70s and part of the 80s very sadly as a central concern of people but in the suburbs uh, of places like uh, New York and other big cities. Crime is also in criminal justice. Issues are big issues, and uh, uh, I think it is a open question how it will play out in the election.
4: Doug, it's uh, David Patterson. How are you?
8: Governor, how are you? A great pleasure, always.
4: So I'm thinking, uh, since you and I are the only two Democrats that seem to exist in this country right now who seem to see... You forgot about the- Judge Weinberg. And Judge White, Oh, I, I apologize. Um, I accept your apology, uh, Governor. You. I, I hoped I won't be held in contempt. But uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that you might be able to explain to me and everyone else, why is it that leaders in the upper echelons of the Democratic Party seem to almost be ignoring this? I mean, you can't miss it. People are afraid to walk on the streets these days.
8: Well, I I, I think... The problem, and I think last time I was on, we touched on it, Governor, right. is the issue of the power of the left in intimidating otherwise thoughtful mainstream Democrats away from logical positions.
4: Right. But, it's, Doug, it's, to they're, me, they're intimidating yeah. everyone except at the at the uh, ballot box because they're not winning when, when they they're run not these winning races.
8: And, and, and they're sure not intimidating the criminals. <laughs> who have come to believe that, you know, they, they, there's revolving door justice if, in fact, they are actually even prosecuted. Uh, it It is a weird and
3: bizarre situation.
1: By the way, today's a special day, and I want to acknowledge it. A birthday of a good friend of mine and Doug Jones and, and Governor Patterson and all of us. Today is Bill Clinton's birthday, and I texted him this morning, and he's— he was one great president and um, Bill Clinton? America misses you. You had common sense. You were
4: a common sense Democrat. Can we say he was a common sense Democrat? Absolutely. And John, I got to say, between 1994 and 1996, after the Republicans beat us everywhere in 1994, his decisions during that period of time and Doug had a lot to do with them were impeccable to the point where he won the 1996 re-election going away. Yep.
2: Would he be, like, basically almost considered a conservative Democrat at this point?
6: Yeah, I don't know if he would prevail. But as someone who served, I was Well, in the Congress- let's
1: talk about it. Yeah. Doug, Doug Schoen, me yeah. and you were there.
6: Yeah.
1: Will, Hillary we were- Clinton, will Hillary Clinton Hillary go- Clinton go center just like uh, Bill Clinton did and try to make a comeback in 2024 and say— Uh, The heck with the woke culture. I'm bringing America back to the center.
8: Well, let's hope that she and every Democrat tries to bring the party back to the center. Common sense, as you rightly said, John. Uh, I don't know if she will run. I know uh, that she feels quite, I think, uh, with some substantial justification that she was denied a fair shot at the presidency in 2016 for a variety of So was of President
1: practices. Nixon and he came made a comeback.
8: He did and I think Secretary Clinton remains a qualified candidate somebody not part of the Biden administration so I never would count her or Bill Clinton out. I think that's one of the things we learned in the 90s together, John.
6: Doug Vito here a quick follow up to the polling do you, you know, over time, as you get closer to the elections, people start paying attention. They're getting their kids back to school, Labor Day. Are these issues moving in a positive direction, negative direction, or staying pretty static?
8: I think the issues are staying static with the caveat that gas prices are coming down. The Democrats did have a legislative victory uh, last week, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. I think that will help. Marginally in the Senate races, where the Republicans have bad candidates. House races, I think, will go steadily and significantly Republican. But I don't think we're going to get a dramatic shift in opinion unless something happens that's really out of the uh, ordinary, though I think we both would agree, Vito, that out of the ordinary has been commonplace this year.
1: By the way, as a subsection of... Poor, uh, you know, Andy Maloney passing away, and Andy Maloney—he was a U.S. attorney, uh, and he don't forget, and he put away John Gotti and everything, and he was, yep. and we were all at the Yale Club smoking cigars when they were allowing to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie Nussbaum, the the uh, the uh, what was he? Uh, General counsel to uh, chief uh, counsel to chief counsel to President, President. Clinton, and uh, Andy Maloney, the U.S. attorney. Uh, Jimmy uh, Jerry Finkelstein, the owner of uh, many many newspapers, the Law Journal, etc. Well, you know, now Jerry is gone, and uh, uh, does and this mean Andy Maloney is gone? Well, is this mean you I, shouldn't be smoking it. cigars? Yes, smoking. No, they're ninety. They're all <laughs> to ninety years old. Or, so or don't be a Cigar, and, and, and you live to be ninety.
8: <laughs> I think what it means, John, is that some very very gifted and talented people who were friends of yours, friends of mine, sadly are not with us, but their legacy and their impact remains felt today. That's that's what I take and I would like to see more to Governor Patterson and Vito Facella, more recognition in politics that when good people serve like Vito Facella and Governor David Patterson that we recognize their achievements and recognize them as people long after their service may well have uh, come to a halt.
6: That's very kind of you, Doug. Thank you very much.
2: Doug Schoen, one last question. When it comes to the Democratic Party, it looks like it's been hijacked by these woke supremacists. I mean, even Governor Hochul today, she signed off on legislation that you can't have a salesman, you can't have a gendered position Everything has to be, say, salesperson. You can't call somebody an inmate. They have to be an incarcerated individual. Wait, wait, individual. wait. I'm going to give
1: you the Republican point of view on that one before we hang up. They're,
2: they're... full of
6: crap. <laughs> do, you, do you
2: think, Doug Schoen, that they're, the Democratic Party, as you know it, as Patterson knows it, as as Judge Weinberg knows it, will come back to its uh, middle ground, Doug, common ground? we want our
5: party back. What are you doing about it? I, I wish... I
8: could say yes, I'm afraid I have to say no, and suggest that for the American people, all of this woke stuff, all of this view of minorities as people of color who are activists rather than hardworking, decent Americans is something that is destructive to our politics, destructive to our society, but the Cats Round Table is an important antidote and add, add to that, and I can only say, I always appreciate your kindness in having me on.
1: Thank you, Doug Schoen, and we'll catch up again real soon. And uh, I look forward. May, maybe Monday or Tuesday when the primaries are on. Okay, I look forward. Look My forward. Pleasure. Let's take a. Are we taking a break? Let's yep. take a break, and we're going to come back with Doctor Michalos, who's going to tell us how we're going to live longer.
4: Bruno. He's your Numero Uno.
7: Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: We got the action-packed show here. This is uh, John Katsimatidis' Cats at Night show. I just got a phone call from the, he used to be the number two guy in the NYPD, Chief Joe Esposito. And he had an interesting point when it comes to fentanyl. He said, instead of saying that it's an overdose, you could say it's a poisoning because people think they're doing cocaine or they're smoking a joint, when in actuality they're being poisoned and then you can arrest the dealer
9: what for murder. What say you,
1: Dr. Mihalos?
9: It's a mass poisoning that's happening, and it's happening right in our own mailboxes, and it's pouring in, unfortunately, through the uh, border, and uh, it's a big problem because it's a cardiac anesthesia, and it's so powerful, just a couple of drops, and there's even little kids in their homes sometimes. They can actually gently touch it and stop breathing. So uh, it's, a, it's just some, a big problem, and uh, we've got to really stop the fentanyl because thousands and thousands of people every year are dying, and it is a form of, uh, you know, it's a form of murder, what it's these more, uh, dealers and the suppliers are doing.
5: It's more than a crime. It's really an act of terrorism against this country.
2: Of the over 100,000 people that overdosed in the United States, and you know that number is probably actually lower, 70% of them had fentanyl in their systems.
9: So well, you're destroying the youth and you think about it. It's also destroying our tax base. This is our future, the youth that we're working at. Some of these are, you know, smart, educated college kids who dabble in this stuff and they don't really know what they're getting into and some friend tells them try this or this edible you know i'll never forget even back in college there was a young brilliant a young man athlete and somebody put lsd in his drink when he wasn't watching the kid was never the same after that and ended up killing himself a month later this was a kid ready to go on wanted to be a doctor was going to do great things drugs have real consequences and uh, that's something that we should be uh, focusing on as a country because it is we're being you know terrorized by whoever is doing this from different parts of the world and it's a way to weaken the united states internally and i'll won't... go on to tell uh, give us all an update on what's happening with monkeypox because people keep asking me give us a quick update and uh, the white house uh gave a quick uh, announcement the other day on what's happening so just to let our audience know in the distilled wabc version 39,000 cases worldwide, 13,500 cases in the United States. We have the most cases. 98% of them are in men. 93% are in men who report having sex with other men. The good news is that the Jeneos vaccine, which is made in Denmark, is FDA approved since 2016. A million doses have been given now. We've ordered another 2.5 million doses. The other good news is actually an antiviral that works against it called T-Pox. And 50,000 doses were ordered by the government. So that's going to be distributed around the country as well, which is also good news. And the other good news is that of the cases we've had in the United States, we've only had 5,000 deaths. So it's not like uh, the uh, COVID that attacks the lungs. You get swollen lymph nodes and the skin lesions that we've all heard about and seen. And then on the other quick thing to wrap up, I said I was going to talk about there's a lot of new exciting work on longevity and uh, something called peptides, which are amino acids. They're the building blocks and proteins, and they have different ones that you can see an integrative medicine doctor and discuss it, and they're making animals live like 20 and 30% longer, and they think that this will translate into humans as well to uh, reduce uh, body mass, increase muscle mass, improve our bone density and our immune system. So There's going to be a whole new area of medicine where you go in, you're going to get blood work, you're going to see which peptides you're deficient in, and they are going to replace those peptides, either injectable, some will be oral, some will be IV. So there's a whole new branch of medicine happening. So keep listening to WABC. And they doctor, the- you're
1: going to be on the Sunday show. What are you going to talk about on Sunday?
9: Uh, we're going to talk about uh, longevity, how to live longer, and some of the new research happening. Because people want to be healthier, and we all want to die young at an old age. And God, be in the best state possible. God bless
1: and thank you, uh, Dr. Mihalos, thank you, uh, Borough President Vito Fasella, Governor you, David Patterson, Judge Richard uh, Weinberg, Lydia Serrani, and what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and justice, and America. America. Right. God, bless America. We need, God bless America. We need God's help. Thank you.